Your life was like. 
That's Juno Award-winning singer-songwriter Justin Rutledge with Good Man from his ninth album, a new compilation entitled Islands. It's a retrospective with a difference as the songs chosen for the project were re-recorded in the way they were originally conceived, alone with minimal accompaniment. And on most tracks, that's just Justin and his guitar to produce a sound that leaves the listener feeling like they're listening to the songs for the first time. It's a beautiful album and a wonderful way for new listeners to get acquainted with a great songwriter. To learn more about the project, we're pleased to welcome Justin Rutledge to Folk Roots Radio. It's great to have you join us today. It's a pleasure to be here, Jan. Thanks for having me. So this is an interesting album. I, I have to ask, when you decided to come up with this new compilation and stripping things back to how you originally wrote the songs, was this sort of a, a pandemic project? Is that the idea? You know, we're in, still in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Everybody is fairly locked down, uh, haven't had the chance to play live, certainly. And I'm just curious as to your motivation behind uh, coming up with this new compilation. Um, unfortunately, it's not. It wasn't a corona, a COVID idea. It, uh, it was conceived before COVID. And uh, we actually executed and recorded the record in February of 2020. So kind of got a jump on all the COVID albums. <laughs> but, but, but it does sound, it would work as a COVID record, which is, which is interesting. Um, I don't, hopefully I didn't forecast things to come with this record. But, you know, looking back on an eight album career, I've had requests over the years to record an acoustic album. There's been a hesitancy on my part about that simply because I'm not a terribly great acoustic guitar player. And there's something that's extremely vulnerable about illustrating the song naked, as it were, just as, as, as it was conceived and how, how it was written originally just on acoustic guitar. Production can often interfere with, with the way a song just sounds on its own. And I, as opposed to recording a new record that was just acoustic guitar and vocals, I just decided to revisit some of my old songs, some fan favorites, as well as some songs that I think illustrated my songwriting capability. And, uh, you know, it's just some songs that are favorites of mine. Some I play live, some I don't, but um, it took us three days to record it. Uh, there's very, you know, my friend Tom played a little guitar uh, my friend Aaron played a little piano, but other than that, it is not really produced at all. This is how the songs sound to the best of their ability. This is what they are at the core, you know. Well, it's interesting you say that because to me, it's almost like a Bruce Springsteen Nebraska feel to this album. Because, you know, the, mm. the, the, the way that the guitar sounds and the way your vocals sound, I mean, that, I guess that was part of the reason I thought, well, maybe this is a COVID project because it has that really sparse feel and, and everything is really open. We'll talk a little bit about the making of the album shortly, but I, I wanted to talk about how you chose the tracks. Nine tracks on the album, seven of them have appeared on album before. Uh, there's a tragically hip cover which i think was on an ep way back in the day but is on this album and then there's jellybean which we'll talk about at the end of the interview but why did you pick these nine um i think i had a long list of about 18 to 20 songs that i would like to do 
this was actually quite a quite a bit difficult album to record because there were some obvious choices that didn't make the cut when I went into the studio because it's a little unnerving to hear the songs on on their own unaccompanied it's a bit of a psychological issue there when you go into just record you know there's there's a song that of mine called too sober to sleep which would be sort of an obvious candidate for this record and um I wanted to include it on this record, but I went in and played it a few times and I played it some more and it just did not work for me. And there was something, it could have been something in the day or it could have been something about my mood, but it just didn't make the cut. And that really surprised me because that was, you know, when I went to make the list of songs to record for the record, that was sort of an obvious choice. And that was first on the list. But I wanted to include songs that were a, you know, that I played a lot live. For example, Come Summertime is the first song on the record. And if you've ever been to a show of mine, that is usually the way I would start the show. Um, There's something about that song that helps me sort of sink in to a live performance. And I think a song like that is, is, you know, I think Come Summertime is a good overall indication of what I try to do as a songwriter lyrically and musically. Um, So I I tried to include songs that illustrated not necessarily my catalog, but because I didn't really sit down and say, well, I have to have a song from each album. It was, it was more based on feel. Now we started off with Good Man, which actually interestingly was actually on your last studio album. That was Passages from 2019. Why did you pick this one? It's a good question. I, I wrote that song, as you hear it on the record, on on Islands, that's that's how I wrote that song. And when you hear the version on Passages, it's much faster. There's sort of a a harder, quicker drum beat. Um, I'm singing out a lot more. Um, I was coerced by my producer, Chris Stringer, to really really ramp it up and, and, and give it a lot more energy, which I was, I wasn't really into doing at first. I'm glad we did it it's two sides to the same coin, you know, I mean, it's the same song, but when you listen to the version of on passages versus the version on islands, they leave you with a different sensibility. They leave you with a different feeling when you listen to both songs. And I did write that song for my dad. And I, I kind of think that he might prefer the version on islands, you know, at least my wife does. (laughs) You know, it's interesting you say that because when I was preparing for the interviews, I was actually, I went to your band camp and I was going back and forwards between, you know, listening to the islands version and then going back to the originals. I want to play out of the woods next. Now that was originally on Valley Heart from 2013, which was the album that you won the Juno for although you have been nominated three other times as well. This one, you know, you can see really how stripped back these songs are. Can you give us just a little insight into Out of the Woods and, and why that ended up on this album? Out of the Woods is, is always been a sort of favorite of mine, even though it's, it's, a, little, it's a little disparate from, uh, from my sort of standard songwriting catalog. I'm at the, I'm at the stage in my career where I'm being, where I get sort of critical about my songs from a, from an arrangement perspective. And I, I think this is almost, almost a bad thing. You know, I used to write songs because I wanted to say something and now I'm interested in the craft of it all, which, which is kind of a good and bad thing. But 
you know, it's, it's out of the woods is, is a song that gra- people gravitated towards, but on Valley Heart, it's more of a heavily produced song. And again, I chose it because I really wanted to choose songs where I could strip the production away. So a song like Out of the Woods, when you take away the drums, when you take away the heavy guitars, when you take away the gritty organ and just leave it as a choppy eighth note acoustic song, what does that leave the listener feeling? And how does that change the the sentiment? And how does that... Uh, affect the, the listening experience where stripping away the production would, would really impact the delivery of the song. I think we're out of the woods I think we're out of the woods for good I think that we should be out of the woods you're out of your head I think you're out of your head she said from the edge of the bed the edge of the bed is it true what has happened to you
the That's Justin Rutledge with Out of the Woods from his great new album, Islands. Justin's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. The interesting thing about this project is the fact that he's actually gone back and re-recorded these songs by stripping them back to the basic song. Is that going to change things moving forward for you? Do you think it's going to change the next album you work on? Well, I'm currently halfway through my next record. That's another beauty of COVID is that, you know, it gets you, it gets you into the studio and back writing again. There is no beauty to COVID. I should just clarify that. I've actually sort of gone the other way. I'm at an interesting stage of my career where, you know, Islands will be my ninth record. And I never underestimate my audience. And I feel like if I, I feel like I'm at a stage where I can start attempting to do different things and I think people are along for the ride right now so you know I listen to all kinds of music I listen to folk music I listen to electronic music a lot of classical a lot of jazz there's so many things that interest me and I think I'm at a stage now where I can I can perhaps implement those those little inspirations and integrate them into my music and I feel like the people that listen to my music, if you've listened, if you've got all my eight albums, you're along for the ride. So let's let's go somewhere else. You know, I don't want to do another Valley Heart. I don't want to do another Islands or No Never Alone. I want to go someplace different for now. And I want you to come with me because because I think we're in this together. You know, I actually really like that. I think that, you know, that that's great. And I guess that's part of the reason I love to do these interviews as well, because it's this sort of conversation that I think is really important, certainly to me and our my listeners as well. Mm. I guess in the future, the likelihood is that there will be the studio band version of an album and maybe the acoustic album coming along with it. I, I have to say I'm, I'm fairly partial to that. I love it where artists make two versions of the album available at the same time. With the way the industry's changed, the fact that a lot of people are listening online, or, you know, hopefully still buying online, because I know the need to do that, especially during COVID times. But it's actually kind of nice to be able to hear, you know, as you're doing here, this is how I originally conceived this. And then, you know, this is how it appears when we bring a wonderful group of musicians into the studio with me. Yeah, I think there will be an Islands Volume 2 down the road in a few years. And perhaps an Islands Volume 3. <laughs> now, you've never put out an, uh, a live album. I, I don't even know. Are there many live tracks that you've put out? I don't think you put any out yet. No, I don't. Uh, I don't think I'll ever put out a live album. I don't really. It doesn't interest me. I don't think, from a critical standpoint, I don't think I'm a... Um, I've never been interested in hearing and recording any of my shows and hearing them back. I, I, that doesn't interest me. I, 
I like the idea of a song of a show existing in the past. I don't think I'm a strong enough singer to uh, to really have have enough faith in myself to to, to put a live album out. I, I just like the idea about you know it's kind of like theater. You know, the show happens and then it's done. That's what happened, and I, I don't care about cataloging that. I want to go back to the album and play one of my favorite tracks on the album now. This is a track that appeared on your first album, No Never Alone, in 2004. And when I saw it, I thought, oh, Federal Mail is on this album. I'm interested to hear what it sounds like and, you know, whether he does anything different with the vocal. Well, you definitely did something with the vocal because the vocal is not there. This is a purely <laughs> instrumental song. And it is a fabulous, fabulous instrumental track. I love the feel. You mentioned, you know, when we were talking about the production of this, you know, you produced it at Union Sound in Toronto with Chris Stringer, and then you have Tom Juhas playing guitar and I think a couple of tracks. And then on this track, you've got Arian Camo playing a fabulous piano and it is so laid back. You know, I'm, I'm very partial to instrumentals as anyone who listens to this show on a regular basis will know. It, oh, every episode has at least one in. I just love this. It's got that wonderful lazy, almost like a late night jazz type thing going on and the way that the ivory's been tinkled here. I don't know. Did you record it with a vocal first and then decided to take it out or was the intent just to do it without the vocal? The, the intent was always just to do it without the vocal. I wanted to... Federal Mail is, is an interesting song. I, I, I've always had a soft spot for that song, but I never, I never play it live. I can count on two hands the amount of times I've played it live in my... 20 year career. It's something I, it's almost like a, I feel like, a, I feel very protective of that song. It's like a little sibling that that's a little weaker than you and you've got to protect it from all the bullies in the schoolyard. So I don't often play that live, but I, it's a really special song to me. As I said earlier, I, you know, I listen to a lot of jazz and instrumental music and I, I really just, there's something about the vocal in here that's, it's very, I based this song on a very classic country standard ballad and, you know, listening to a lot of Floyd Kramer uh, or instrumental country piano, I, I really wanted to illustrate that, you know, the melody can, can be all you need. You know, um, the sentiment of the song is, is extended by the production, the way we, the way we did it. This is the only song with a quote unquote band because it's just a snare drum. There's no drum set that we used and a little upright bass. And like you said, guitar and piano, but you know, I, I don't need to hear myself sing all the time. And I don't think I, I think like I, you know, like I said, I want to bring, I want my audience to have new experiences and to experience a song a different way. That was the intent of this record, and that's why we decided to record Federal Mail instrumentally. Thank you. 
That's Justin Rutledge with Federal Mail from his new album. It's entitled Islands. And that's a, an amazing instrumental. I have to say, when I first listened to this album, I just loved it. Justin Rutledge is our special guest on the show today. Have you put in instrumentals on any of your other albums? I have. Uh, there's one on my first album, No Never Alone, uh, called Year of Jubilo, which is uh, an old Civil War song. And there's a, an instrumental on my third album, Man Descending, uh, called Honey Houses. Right, right. And on Stanley Park, my second album, there's a song called I Am With Her Where the Avalanche Begins, where I think three quarters of the song is instrument. The first three quarters of the song is instrumental. And there's just a little, little verse. And then there's a, there's another instrumental. So it's, so it's almost like the lyrics bookend or they're, they're in the center of this instrumental song. So I've always been partial to creating a sonic mood without lyrics, you know, you mentioned electronic music earlier and other things you're interested in the jazz. It's going to be very interesting to hear where you're going to go next. We are in the midst of obviously the pandemic. Hopefully vaccination is coming. Can we talk a little bit about the future? Obviously more recording. Uh, you're also yeah. acting a bit as well. Just wondering whether you've decided to diversify what you do because of the way that the industry has, you know, changed in the last year obviously there's a big question of how willing people are going to be for at least a while to come out to a live show has that changed the, your thoughts about moving forward absolutely it's a really good point i've actually taken the year to go back to school so i'm pursuing a program a certificate in arts administration uh this year because i feel as though that will add to my you know my cv somewhat and when the pandemic hit and all my gigs fell through and my income was dissipated, you know, a songwriter's income is already crushed by Spotify. And then you take all of the live performance income away and I was just sort of left with nothing. So, and no prospects. And as opposed to wallowing about that and, you know, getting mildly depressed about it, I just decided to, changed my perspective on what was happening this year and with the closure of the music industry and at least the live performance industry. And uh, I decided to go back to school and decided to sort of flip, flip everything on its head and dedicate this year to learning. So what I did was I, I, I'm in school full time currently, second semester right now. I was lucky enough to land a placement with Massey Hall. Not a job, but just a field placement. So that's an amazing organization that I've worked with in the past. And, you know, I've dedicated time to learning how a studio works and getting better at recording skills. And that has really, really helped because I know a lot of friends, a lot of musicians, like you said, I don't think it's, I don't think we're going to get back to pre-COVID times till about 2024. That's just a reality from the reports I've been reading. Uh, like you said, to where people are comfortable to go to shows where you're where you want to stand shoulder to shoulder at the horseshoe with 300 people you don't know. So I just, I just changed my perspective on this and I just wanted to fill my mind with positive things. And whether that means, you know, I'll always be a songwriter. I'll always play shows, but perhaps I have something more to give back to the art sector, to the music sector. And uh, it's something I always want to be a part of. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I was watching Jim Bryson. Uh, he was playing, I think, at the Ottawa Jazz Festival live yesterday, and he was talking about how he had actually pivoted before the pandemic into, yeah. you know, really emphasizing his production side of what he does and mm. doing very successfully. And, you know, feeling grateful that that side of things is good, although making jokes about the fact that he felt a little rusty playing again. But I guess that's the same for all musicians. I mean, it is the time, right, to take the time to reevaluate your career and whether there are other things you can do. And I, I really like the fact that you're considering that. Uh, you have acted a bit in the past. I mean, do you, do you see more acting down the road? Um, that depends. I've, I've been fortunate enough to have been involved with some incredible stage productions with Canadian Stage Theatre, with the Tarragon Theatre, with um, Necessary Angel, just some, just some amazing, I've worked with some amazing people. Whether I have time to do more theatre work is, is sort of up in the air right now. It requires, you know, I've got, I've, you know, got kids now and uh, it, it, it does require it's, it's a lot of hard work for not a lot of money. And uh, I may, I may check out of that sometime soon. <laughs> I think, uh, I think at my age in my early forties, I I've, I've heard about this thing called benefits. <laughs> right. Um, and I've heard about this other thing called a pension. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really yeah. know what they look like, but. I, I guess it, I guess it's something that probably also comes opportunity based. If someone came to you yeah. with an opportunity that was too good to pass up, particularly because obviously you are an artist, uh, although you have to make a living at the same time, that may be something that would yeah. hard to pass. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it is theater. Is I do have an agent, and she's understandable about you know. Obviously, there's no theater going on right now, but it's you know theater is something you know it comes in sort of eight week chunks. And so you have to be in a scenario where you can take eight weeks off right. to dedicate yourself to rehearsal and staging the production. So we'll see. Uh, things weird, weird things have happened in my life, and uh, I will. I I do not say no to good opportunities. Yeah, the final track is going to be the song that's new on this album, although it is very popular in your live show. That is Jelly Bean. Yeah. I don't know when it appears in the live show. I always kind of imagine it must be close to the end because it definitely has a, a sing-along quality to it. Tell me why you decided that you wanted to record it for this album, particularly as this is actually a track that has more people on than anyone else because you have a little bit of a choir on the end of it to give the feel for that live experience. It is the final track on the album as well. Tell us about the motivation behind recording it now. Uh, well, it's I've been playing it since 2004, and it's always been the the last song at uh, all of my shows. It's been it's been a song that is um, it's one of my oldest songs. I've tried to record it in the past, and I, I think I tried to rec to release it on the Early Widows, and I think I tried to record a version of it on my second record, and it just never really worked because it was such a live experience and um of course i've been got a lot of requests over the years to include it on a record but the only way to really experience this song is live and islands the new record was a really great opportunity to record jelly bean because it is an acoustic record it is islands the mandate of islands is to really illustrate the songs 
naked as they are. Uh, and so Jelly Bean is just a couple acoustic guitars and 20 people singing along with it, which is the way it exists at shows, you know. It's a great way to finish. When I actually played it on the radio, I actually, you know, I closed the show with it because, and it was a show where it was a COVID times show that I was playing at that time. I've been doing quite a few different episodes that have a bit of a COVID theme, particularly because everybody's producing lots of great COVID tunes. Perfect way to finish. You know, live music will return. I get the impression that, you know, obviously you will be back and you have lots of different ideas of, you know, how that's going to be. Maybe you'll be, you know, being an arts administrator at the same time as being part of the show. It's definitely possible. And uh, I'm definitely up for that challenge. This is Justin Rutledge with Jellybean from his wonderful new album, Islands. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. And Justin, thanks for spending the time with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Jan.
Bye.